Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Welcome to Baldhead Bible Podcast, making the Bible come to life, featuring the exposit story preaching of Dr. John Katzian. Baldhead Bible Podcast is committed to keeping our show free to the public. However, as with everything, there are expenses involved, so if you would like to contribute, head on over to patreon.com, that's patreon.com forward slash baldheadbible, and there you can become a supporting member for as low as $1 a month. While there, please check out some of the bonus material available only to our BHBP supporters. And some of that material includes Bible study guides to help you use the podcast to minister to your children, to minister in a Sunday school class, and to have some quality family devotions. You've decided... I'm going to do right. I am going to live for the Lord. Maybe you're a kid and you say, you know what? I am going to do right. I want to follow Jesus. Jesus is my Lord and Savior. He is my God. I'm going to be loyal and true to him the rest of my days. Maybe you're an adult and you say, yes, for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. You echo the words of Joshua. We're going to follow Jesus the rest of our lives. But you're not surrounded by people who have that same desire. Maybe you're a kid whose parent is saying, I'm not going to encourage you to follow Jesus. Maybe you have a parent or a grandparent who is encouraging you to go in the opposite direction and not follow Jesus. And maybe you're the son and have a family in the middle of a larger family who doesn't understand what you want to do, is in fact wanting to go in the opposite direction, away from following Jesus, thinks you're a little too zealous, a little too serious about this thing called Christianity. Maybe you're that person. You get discouraged and you wonder, is this right? Can I defeat all the years and baggage of sinfulness that I've brought into my, into my new life in Christ? Or am I just doomed to repeat what my dad and my grandparents have done? Well, have I got a story for you. Right? We have Rehoboam, who is king of southern Israel. And we have Jeroboam, king of northern Israel. And Jeroboam is basically king of Judah the largest tribe. Well, we're going to look at the kings of southern Israel for the next couple minutes. And I just want to say this, that Rehoboam takes over from Solomon. The kingdom is split under Rehoboam. And he becomes king of southern Israel. And he, the Bible says, does evil in the sight of the Lord. Why? Because his heart was not wholeheartedly devoted to God. 
And it says that at the end of his days, Rehoboam dies. And his son, Abijah, some translations say Abijam, takes over. And Abijah starts out well. He takes on in battle Jeroboam, remember? Rehoboam was king of southern Israel, and Jeroboam was king of northern Israel, and both are bad kings. None of them followed the Lord. Well, Abijam, Abijah, he's going to be different, and he goes into battle against Jeroboam. Yes! And in this battle, Abijah shows up with 400,000 men. And I don't know if he started the fight and basically said, hey, northern Israel, we're going to take you back. You need to come back to southern Israel. I'm not certain. Or did Jeroboam pick the fight? Because Jeroboam shows up to this battle with 800,000 men. Now think about it. Jeroboam, king of northern Israel, has 800,000 men. Abijah, king of southern Israel, has 400,000 men. Two to one, it's in favor of Jeroboam. Things are not looking good at all for Abijah. But then Abijah gets up and he gives this speech. He calls out Jeroboam for his evil and sinful ways. Hello, Abijah. You've got the smaller army and you're talking trash to Jeroboam with the bigger army? Well, Abijah says, I've got the Lord on my side. He made a covenant with my ancestor David. And he says, I'm going to make for you a line that will never end. A covenant of salt, he calls it, which means this is a strong covenant. And I've got Yahweh on my side. What do you have on your side, Jeroboam? You're just an upstart. And he says, but as for us, Jeroboam, the Lord is our God. We have not abandoned him. And then he tells off Jeroboam for starting his own cultic practices, his own priesthood, his own religion. Abijah says in southern Israel, we've stuck to the right priesthood. We've stuck to the right religion. The Lord is our God. And not only that, look, the priests are at our head. We've got things going for us. Man, this sounds good. This sounds tough. He is on the right side of this whole battle. He's on the side of the Lord. Well, Jeroboam doesn't like this upstart. And he is smarter militarily. So he takes, I don't know, about half of his troops or a little less than half. And he leaves most of them standing in front of Abijah and his troops. But then he sends some of them around the back as an ambush. And when they come round the back and circle round and the troops of Judah here, the troops of northern Israel marching behind them, they look behind them and <gasps> there is Jeroboam's troops. They are surrounded. They're going to get crushed. There's no way Abijah is going to win. But then, it says in Second Chronicles 13 that Judah did the one thing they could do. If they really were truly following Yahweh, he is their one hope. And so they did the one thing they could do. They blew the trumpets. 
and they cried out to Yahweh. They cried out to the Lord and they asked for his help. And you know what? God routed Jeroboam. And I don't know what that looks like. If lightning threw from heaven, killing a hundred men there, 2,000 men there, but it says God routed them. I don't know if he gave them special abilities to fight. One man could kill a hundred. I don't know. But it says that the battle belonged to the Lord that day. God routed Jeroboam and all Israel before Abijah and Judah. They didn't even probably have to fight. God took care of them. Why? Because they followed God. Yes, Abijah, this is good. This is great news. You are following the Lord. No, he's not. Yes, Abijah called on the Lord. And yes, God routed Jeroboam and northern Israel for them. But the problem was Abijah's heart was not wholeheartedly devoted to the Lord. That's what it says at the end of Abijah's reign. And you know how long Abijah reigned? Three years. Three years. That's as long as he reigned. And it says in 1 Kings 15 that Abijah did all the evil things that his father Rehoboam did. And it said of him in 1 Kings 15 verse 3, he was not wholeheartedly devoted to the Lord. His dad wasn't wholeheartedly devoted to the Lord. Abijam, therefore, was not wholeheartedly devoted to the Lord. And he reigned for three years and then, ugh, it doesn't say how he died, but he dies. And his son Asa reigns. His son Asa now comes to the throne and Asa's dad's heart was evil and was not wholeheartedly devoted to the Lord. Rehoboam, his grandfather, did evil in the sight of the Lord, and his heart was not wholeheartedly devoted to the Lord. And so Asa, he did what was good. That's what the Bible says. He was a good king and did what was right in the Lord's sight. What? Asa decides, I'm not going to follow in my father's footsteps. I'm not going to follow in my grandfather's footsteps. I am going to do what is right. I just want to encourage you. You don't have to follow in your parents' footsteps. You don't have to follow in your family's footsteps. If they're heading in the wrong direction and you know I should go in the other direction and follow the Lord, do it. Asa is a perfect example. And Asa says, I'm going to commit myself to being loyal to the one true God, Yahweh. And he starts to clean house. He goes up to the high places. They would build places up in mountains, right? Where they would build Asherah poles and, and things to Baal. And they were worshiping other gods, Baal and Asherah. They should have been worshiping Yahweh. Well, Asa goes up, cleans him out. And you know what else he does? He takes care of sin in his own house. The queen mother, his grandmother, has built an Asherah pole 
to a goddess named Asherah. And his grandmother was a royal title. This was a place of privilege. You're the queen mother. She got to do royal duty stuff. But she's worshiping another god right there in front of everybody. And it says she created this Asherah pole with an obscene image. I don't know if it was a dirty image or if it was just an image of another god and that's what made it obscene. Either way, in God's eyes, what his grandmother built was obscene and disgusting. So you know what Asa does? Confronts his grandma and says, listen, I can't have this. This isn't right. Some people think it wasn't his grandma. It might have been his own mother. I mean, either way, he confronts sin in his family and says, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And it says he crushes the Asherah pole and burns it. Totally destroys it. Yes, Asa, way to go. Keep pursuing, keep doing what is right. Yes, you are cleaning house and taking names. Great, keep doing it. Well, when you do that... Satan's going to push back. And Satan pushed back hard. There was revival under Asa. The land of southern Israel, Judah, was starting to return to the Lord. Well, Satan can't have that. So he sends Zerah. I mean, it took Asa 15 years to get where he's at, to cleanse the land. But in the 15th year of his reign, or around that time, comes Zerah, the Ethiopian, and he pushes in from the south and he wants to invade southern Israel. He wants to invade Judah again. Hey, Asa, you're doing right. Keep it going. Well, Satan sends along an adversary to mess you up. And that always happens, doesn't it? You're doing right. You're living for the Lord. And that's when the worst things seem to happen. That's when bad things seem to come. It always seems to happen that way, right? Well, here is this Ethiopian commander, Zerah, with a million men. A million. And you know how many Asa had to fight him? 580,000. Barely half. He could muster 580,000 men while, while Zara, the Ethiopian, had over a million. And it says he had 300 chariots. That's like having 300 tanks. Think of the biggest war machines you can think of. And all Asa has is 580,000, it says, valiant warriors. But man, he is vastly outnumbered. He's in big trouble. What in the world is he supposed to do? Well, Asa does the one thing that every godly person does when he is faced with tragedy, with frightening circumstances, with things that seem to be so overwhelming. You know what Asa does? 
He cries out to the Lord his God. And it says there in 2 Chronicles 14, verse 11, that Asa cries out and says, Lord, there is no one besides you to help the mighty and those without strength. Help us, Lord our God, for we depend on you. And in your name, we have come against this large army. Lord, you are our God. Do not let a mere mortal hinder you. Wow. What an awesome speech. And God hears his prayer, and it says the Lord routed the Ethiopians before Asa and before Judah. The Lord did it all again. I don't know if this time again, lightning. I don't know if, you know, the troops all of a sudden again were able to fight way vast outnumbered. You know, one guy could take out 2,000. I don't know, but the Lord... It was clear, was moving on the behalf of Judah and southern Israel and totally wiped out this Ethiopian army and they had to run away and they pushed them all south and they took back some of the cities they'd lost under Shishak and his invasion and then they took back money and plunder and they brought it all back to Israel. Yes, yay, this is awesome. This is great. Asa, you're doing right. Well, then, Azariah, this prophet, the Bible calls him a seer. He speaks on the behalf of Yahweh. He comes to Asa after this great battle, after he's seeing how Asa is cleansing the land of these sinful practices. Azariah comes to him and basically says to Asa, do not give up. The Lord is with you. And it says there in 2 Chronicles 15, verse 2, that Azariah says, The Lord is with you when you are with him. If you seek him, he will be found by you. Keep seeking him. Keep doing right. And then Azariah gives him a short history of Israel and how whenever they began to pursue other gods and abandon God, God abandoned them. But when they pursued God, God found them. And then he ends with this. Azariah says to Asa, but as for you, and I can imagine Azariah takes his bony finger and sticks it in the face of Asa, or maybe gives him a big hug. And he says, but as for you, be strong. Don't give up, for your work has a reward. Be strong. Don't give up. Keep cleansing of the land. Keep living for Yahweh. Keep being loyal to him. Don't give up for your work has a reward. Any of you who are trying to leave behind sinful practices and habits that you inherited from, from family members or genetically you have a predisposition to this stuff, whatever it happens to be, I don't know. You don't have to repeat the sins of your father. You don't have to repeat the sins of your mother. You can choose to do what is right. Don't give up, Azariah would tell you. Be strong, Azariah would tell you. For your work has a reward. Kids, you know what? You may be in the middle of a family who has no desire to follow God. But you want to go to church anyway. You want to go to Awana anyway. You want to memorize those verses anyway. Don't give up. Be strong. Be courageous. For your work has a reward. Galatians 6, 9, I'm reminded of, where Paul says, Let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give 
up. And that's what Azariah is telling Asa. Your work has a reward. You're going to reap in due season. Don't give up. Keep doing what is right. Well, Asa is encouraged. Yes! And he gets all of southern Israel together. And by that time, people had started to stream south from northern Israel because they saw that Yahweh was with Asa. And they wanted to be a part of that. Well, they start showing up and they decide to have this big covenantal blessing and they slaughtered rams and goats and sheep. And they it says they, they 700 cattle, 7,000 sheep and goats and, and they worshiped God and they recommitted their covenant to God and they recommitted themselves to saying, I will follow you, Lord, no matter what. We are going to follow you. And Asa leads them in that. Hooray! And for the next 20 years, Asa was free from war. Because he followed God and asked him for help in his battle with Zerah, the Ethiopian general, God said, because you're wholeheartedly devoted to me, I can see that. I'm going to give you rest from war for the next 20 years. Yay! Well, the other thing about Asa is this. Because he start well, doesn't mean you're going to end well. You got to keep living for the Lord. You got to keep doing what is good every single day. Because sadly, Asa, his heart began to pursue other things. Now, it does say in Second Chronicles and First Kings that Asa had a heart that was wholeheartedly devoted to the Lord. Overall, it was said of him in 2 Chronicles 15, verse 17, Asa was wholeheartedly devoted his entire life. I do want to say that of Asa. But I also want to say of Asa, he made some wrong choices at the end. And for 20 years, he was free from battle, free from war. But as he got older... I think his heart began to creep towards himself. He reigned for 41 years, Asa did. And in the 36th year of his 41-year reign, he runs into a problem. By then, Israel, by the way, northern Israel is going to go through six different kings during Asa's one reign. Well, one of these kings named Basha, he starts to fortify a city on the border between southern Israel and northern Israel called Ramah. And it's basically, he's building an outpost there, and he's basically doing that so he can stop the people streaming south into southern Israel. People are seeing God is with Asa, and they want to be a part of it. Well, he fortifies the city called Ramah to stop that happening, and it's right on the border, and Asa can't have that. That's dangerous. He could bring in troops and just invade from there. So Asa calls out to the Lord. Nope. This is where things start to go wrong. Asa doesn't call out to the Lord. He thinks for himself. And so he comes up with a plan, and it's a good plan. He calls or gets to know Ben-Hadad, king of Syria, which is this country to the north of northern Israel. And he sends them silver, and he sends them gold, and he says, Ben-Hadad, listen, king of Syria, if you attack northern Israel from the north, 
Then Basha, who was the king of northern Israel at the time, he'll have to stop fortifying Ramah and run north to defend northern Israel against you. I'll give you gold. I'll give you silver. Will you do that for me? Well, Ben-Hadad, he's a greedy king, and he's like, sure, I'll do that for you. So he attacks northern Israel from the north, and guess what? King Bashar has got to leave fortifying Ramah in the south to head north to fight this battle. And when he's gone, Judah and Asa, they come in and they tear that city down. They remove it brick by brick, wood by wood. They totally wipe out the city. And it's so bad they attack by Ben-Hadad that Bashar never comes back. And yes, this is safe. Things are going well. My plan worked. Woohoo! This is good. But it wasn't. And this prophet for Yahweh called Hanani comes to Asa and he says, Listen, this is the message from Yahweh. You are no longer going to be at peace. You are going to be continually at war. Why? Because you didn't depend on me. The Lord, through Hanani, reminds Asa, who took care of you in that battle against the Ethiopians? Who took care of you when you faced a million-man army with only 580,000 troops? Who took care of you? I did. Yahweh. God did. And you were right because you depended on me, but because you did not depend on me, you're going to have war the rest of your reign. And then Hanani says this, The eyes of the Lord roam throughout the earth to show himself strong for those who are wholeheartedly devoted to him. Second Chronicles 16 verse 9, For the eyes of the Lord roam throughout the earth to show himself strong for those who are wholeheartedly devoted to him. Your dad was not wholeheartedly devoted to me. Your grandfather was not wholeheartedly devoted to me. You were, Asa. But now you're starting to show a heart that is not wholeheartedly devoted to me. I want to show myself strong for you. And I am looking for men and women, boys and girls, whoever's heart is devoted wholeheartedly to me. I want to show up strong. Your heart's not wholeheartedly devoted for me. And as punishment, you're going to have battles and wars the rest of your reign from now on. And you know, when Asa heard that, he could have repented and said, I am sorry, please forgive me. And God shows himself loving and kind. Remember when Rehoboam repented, he stopped Shishak from totally invading Jerusalem. I wonder what would have happened if Asa had repented. But instead, Asa got angry. And it says he took this prophet Hanani and put him in a prison cell. And then it says he got angry and mistreated some of the people. He was furious. He got king rage, you know, like road rage, getting mad at the drivers around, yelling at the people in my car. Well, that's what Asa did, but far worse. I don't know what he did, but it says in his rage, he mistreated his own people, jailed the prophet. And then he got a disease in his feet. It doesn't say what the disease was. It was 
It's definitely far worse than athlete's foot. It, it basically stopped him from being king for the last two years of his reign. He got this disease in his feet that crippled him. But remember I said his heart began to not be wholeheartedly for the Lord? Here's another sign that that was happening because when he had this disease in his feet, it says of Asa that he sought physicians and he sought doctors and he, and he sought advice from all these medical doctors, but not once did Asa seek the Lord. Even in his disease, he didn't seek the Lord, but only the physicians. It's like he's mad at God. He wanted to go his own way. He wanted to do things in his own selfish pride. He did not seek the Lord. It didn't end well for Asa. Overall, it's said of his reign that he was a man who wholeheartedly sought the Lord. But what happened here, Asa, at the end? And at the end of 41 years, he dies. And his son becomes king. So there's two things I want you to remember from today's story. Number one, I don't care where you came from. I don't care what your family past is. You can choose to follow God and you do not have to follow the ways your parents did things and the way your family currently does things. If you are surrounded by a family who does not want to follow Jesus, that does not mean you are doomed to follow the same path. King Asa is a great example of a man who decided to follow Yahweh and didn't follow his dad and his grandparents' example. And I just want to encourage you, you can follow Jesus and decide as a dad or a mom, my family's going to be different. I don't care how others react around me. I don't care if I'm not invited for Christmas anymore. I'm going to do what's right. And I'm going to start cleaning out sinful practices of my family. If I have pagan idols and pagan practices, I'm going to kick them out and we're going to serve the Lord. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. King Asa is a great example for you. But the second thing I want to say is, because you have a great start does not mean it's going to end well. You are not guaranteed a good ending. You've got to keep doing what is right. You've got to keep repenting when you sin. You've got to keep reading your Bible. You've got to keep pursuing Jesus. You've got to keep short accounts spiritually. And you've got to keep pursuing Jesus and having a heart loyal to him day after day, no matter what. You've got to keep it up because Asa is also an example. He started out so well. Keep following Jesus every single day. Remember the words of Azariah. Do not give up. Be strong. For your work has a reward. Thank you for listening to Baldhead Bible Podcast. If you have any questions or comments, we would love to hear from you. You can comment on our Facebook page or email us at baldheadbible at gmail.com. If you would like to support this podcast, please check out our Patreon page at www.patreon.com baldheadbible. Baldhead Bible Podcast, making the Bible come to life.
new episodes added every week. Thank you.